Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. We're talking Steelers OTAs. We are back at the facility. Football is being played. Quarterbacks are talking. Mike Tomlin's walking around in shorts. It's a great time to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. The weather has been gorgeous Mm -hmm. the past two days. Supposed to do it again. Gotta love it. Plenty to talk about. But first, how feel, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling good. You, I did not see story about Mike Tomlin walking around in shorts. I don't think I've ever seen Mike Tomlin's legs before. That's yeah. that's bearing yeah, was, the lead right there. It was crazy. It was crazy. I uh in shorts with uh I believe they were I want to say they there were there were there were not I want to say Jordans. I think he was wearing Jordans. Couldn't tell wow. you what ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fresh legs. It was wow. it was wild. It Times was wild. are changing. Yeah, that's how you know. Keeping up with the kids, mm. you know, shorts are getting shorter. <laughs> so he's just mm. like, well, I can't be wearing pants all the time. Nobody wears mm. pants these days. Mike I was going to say, you watch him. He walks around in a black sweatsuit at every practice, no matter the weather. I'm like, yep. that has got to be the sweatiest man alive. Like, you know, those TV, the like uh, closets and TV, like if you're watching Family Guy and like Peter Griffin opens the closet and it's just all the same shirt. And yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I picture Mike Tomlin's closet. Absolutely. Like it's just the <laughs> same black long sleeve shirt mm-hmm. for the last 15 years of his life. And his, yeah. and his wife is a fashion designer. So. I'm sure she loves it. She's probably <laughs> yeah. very excited every day to be like, you're wearing that again? Cool. Oh, cool. Black shirt, black sweatshirt. There we yeah. go. <laughs> As they say, though, you know, you got to look hard in front of the in front of the guys. So that's uh, that's Mike Tomlin's way of going about it. There's been plenty that happened day one. Let's start with attendance. Steelers OTAs had everybody but three guys. They only have 87 guys on the roster. So there are 84 guys in attendance. I will say this. Don't show up. The practice starts at 10 o'clock. Media is allowed there at 930. Don't show up at 935 because there are no parking spots. When there are 87 <laughs> guys trying to park in a parking lot, it does not work. Uh, I learned that. I walk a mile and a half for everybody who saw my Twitter video yesterday. But I got to go work out in. It was nice. The three guys that were not there, TJ Watt, Larry Joby, and newly signed Armand Watts. Obviously, TJ Watts, the big name. There were instant reactions, instant conversations of, Oh man, this has to do with the pool incident. The guy fell in the pool four days ago. Did he actually get hurt? Blah, blah, blah. Week one, it is voluntary. That's the biggest thing. This is voluntary. You can't you can't bash a guy for not showing up. However, you could comment on it. I don't think it's about the uh, pool incident. According to Alex Highsmith, everything's good to go. He's totally fine. You got any uh, any thoughts about these three not showing up day one OTAs? No, I feel like I, I'm not concerned about TJ Watt getting in a couple practices in helmets yeah. and, and shorts. Um same with kind of same with same with Larry O, quite honestly. Um these guys both battled injuries too. Like there there's some injury concerns there too, like not pool related, but you know, like last year the both these guys, you know, had some trouble. So yeah. I'm not really concerned about uh Larry O or TJ. The only one I think that was interesting is is Armand Watts. I just think that's a guy who could only benefit from being around this team more uh, more and more. So that one was a little interesting to me. I don't know what you think, but I, I kind of figured that that Armand would have been there. But Yeah, no, I agree. I, I looked at it. He was – TJ didn't surprise me. Figured Wisconsin, he's probably spending the last week of this with his family before he heads out. 
you know, after Memorial Day is when some of these guys tend to show up closer to minicamp. No reason to be here this early, especially with the long weekend coming up. Larry Ogunjobi surprised me because, I mean, it surprised me, but it, it didn't surprise me. It, it a little bit concerned me just because, like, this guy practiced, like, once last eight <laughs> weeks of the season last year because of injury. Would have been nice to see him get a fresh start and kind of loosen the muscles, not have to worry about it. Maybe he's not a practice. Maybe he's not a practice guy. Maybe he's, an, maybe he's an Allen Iverson type of player. Doesn't just shows up on Sundays, does what he needs to do. I don't know. I would like to see him here. Armand Watts, I agree with. You know, there's almost no reason, and I'm sure personal reasons, if there is one, I take this all back. If there's not, and this is just a we'll show up after Memorial Day, don't think there's any reason not to be in Pittsburgh right now. You don't, you're not locked into a roster spot. By no means are you locked into a roster right. spot. You're competing with guys, and you're supposed to be like this veteran signing. Like, don't you want to get a splash? Don't you want to meet the players? Don't you want to meet the coaches, get comfortable in the facility before minicamp? Like, yeah, I, I just feel like the longer you wait, the more you're denying the inevitable of, I have to get comfortable with everything going on here. Why not do that early? You know, why not put your foot in the door? It, it, Braden Fihoko's out here. In my opinion, if I'm the if I'm the Steelers coaches, he's got an upper hand in the competition right now. And, and again, if it's it's voluntary. I get it. You can't bash guys for not showing up during voluntary workouts, but you could say, hey, look at you know, there's a difference between T.J. Watt not showing up and Armand Watts not showing up, and I think that difference is pretty significant. Yeah, there's a wide open competition at his position, and he's not, you know. Again, it's voluntary. He can do what he yeah. wants, uh, you know. And I'm sure he's had conversations with the coaches about it, but you are not helping yourself by, you, you know, you can only help yourself by being there. Um, so it, it, that one was a little bit to me. You've also got like Keanu Benton, like knocking on your door. Like you've got, yes. th that's the other thing, you know, you get a chance to look at some of these rookies though. That's the uh, kind of the flip side of, of, you know, TJ and Larry and, and Armand not being there is that he get a chance to look at some other guys and, in Armand, you know, for TJ Watt and Larry O, I don't think that matters a whole lot, but for Armand yeah. Watts, that's, you're not just kind of denying yourself an opportunity, but you are opening the door for your direct competition. Yeah, exactly. Like Keanu Benton is now hitting the bag more than you. Armand, our uh, Braden Foco is now hitting the bag more than you. All these smaller guys, the Jonathan Marshalls, the guys that signed the last couple of weeks, you know, Manny Jones is out here. Everybody's competing. Everybody's showing up. Everybody's trying to ball out, you know, earn a spot on this team. And you're just not here. Like, you know, it just it, first impressions are big to me. Again, it's voluntary. It is what it is. I hope if he doesn't show up in week two, I'm a little concerned. At that yeah. point, I'm like, whoa, okay, buddy, what are we doing here? You know, don't be that guy. Don't be the only guy that doesn't show up to OTAs. Like Ben Roethlisberger was the only guy that consistently did not show up to OTAs. Well earned. You know, like at that point, it's just like, well, you're a Hall of Fame, Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know how to do this, obviously. You don't really need to be like you, you throwing the ball another 25 times over the next three weeks is not going to make a difference in yeah. our season. Armand Watts, it's going to make a pretty big difference on whether or not you make the team if you show up in OTAs or you show up the first day of minicamp. And like at that point, like, you know, you're getting your feet wet in minicamp. Just doesn't. Mm, nope. Nope. You want to get through that. That's what OTAs are. OTAs is to already be adjusted, already have the playbook down the whole nine. So that minicamp shows up and you're ready to roll. And, you know, it's, it's, it's opportunities missed for a guy that it was surprising that, you know, I didn't realize he wasn't there until later in the practice. He would have been my headline, you know, of who wasn't, obviously everybody cares about TJ Watt. Nobody cares about Armand Watts, but in the opinion of me, it was like, Ooh, Armand Watts is the biggest name here right? that I'm concerned with. Unless TJ, you know, actually hurt himself falling in the pool. And then, you know, and then things are, I feel like he wouldn't have, 
I feel like he wouldn't have posted the video of it if he actually. That's what everybody it. people were trying to say that they were like, they're like, well, you know, like maybe or or maybe he did actually get hurt and he was like, kind of like brushing it off. I'm like, there's no chance, dude. If he actually got hurt, we would hear about it a month and a half from now when he's like, yeah. you know, walking around like with a limp or something and being like, T.J. Watt had a pool accident, you know, from Jerry Dulac or something. Like, there there would be Jeremy Fowler would report, like Schefter would get his hands on it somehow. We would find this out in a different and way more dramatic fashion. Yeah. Than TJ being like, oh, I'm good, guys. Don't even worry about it. Because nah, nah, he's just not, he's not putting it mm. out there. Um, for those of you who didn't see Alex Highsmith's uh response to that, he texted him. It was pretty funny. I, I would just look it up on Twitter, but it was a good one. All right. Next thing I want to talk about the quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett talked and Mitch Trubisky talked. Huge takeaways from both of them. Obviously, Kenny re- uh, replied to Ben Roethlisberger, said he's got a fan and Everything's cool. We talked about that the other day. I'm kind of tired of talking about Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, what he attracts and the whole nine. Let's talk Kenny. The other big takeaway is he said he bulked up, which we talked about earlier and, and the pictures of him like walking in with the Celsius can and what he being like, oh, Kenny Pickett, dude, looking like Big Ben. Apparently it's all real. <laughs> Apparently the guy bulked up. Um, he does look a little bigger. It's not like dramatically bigger. It's like it's May bigger. Whereas, and yeah. you know, you haven't run around for 17 weeks on a football field for your life, you know, practicing five days a week and then playing on Sundays, weightlifting, you know what I mean? Like you, you haven't been in the facility to eat strict food for the last four months. Like things are, it's like that kind of bulking yeah. up still good to see that he did add weight, especially with the injuries last year. I don't know. Bulky Kenny is, is it exciting? Is it anything to even talk about? Um, it's exciting. I like talking about it. I was talking about it. I mean, Kenny Thicket. I think that's fun. Kenny um, Thicket. Wow, there that's we go. a good one. Has anybody put oh, t-shirts I, out about that yet? Probably. I didn't come up with that. That's. <laughs> I, I, I forget where I saw that, but that, I'm not the first person to, to say that. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I don't think it can hurt. I mean, as long as he is not lying to us and he did not actually lose any speed, you know, I like him. Yeah. I like the way he uses his legs and all that, so... Hopefully he didn't lose a step or anything like that when he was putting on that weight. But other than that, I think it, I think it can help him. Um, it's yeah. also like, this feels like pretty standard practice for a lot of athletes across a lot of different sports. Like you spend the off season putting a bunch of weight on because during the season things happen, you're not able to kind of keep up that, uh, keep that same level. So you, you just naturally lose a ton of weight. So you're kind of preloading and getting out in front of it for, for a long season. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just interested to see if he keeps it on, you know, like, is it just, you know, is it just off season weight or is this, cause he made it sound like it was intentional and that this yeah. is, this is what, this is the weight that he wants to be at when he plays. So it's, it's funny. Cause as he said it, I laughed and you could probably mm. see it in my video. It's like, <laughs> I like move the phone. Cause I laughed because my, my first thought was like last year, we made a big deal out of Najee Harris and his godlike thighs that were just mm. came out of nowhere and just stole the world. And this year we're talking about Kenny Pickett. Like, why are we not? Why? Why is making people fat like the headline in Pittsburgh? But I agree with you. It's 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 good bulk. And honestly, like from what I saw yesterday during just like individual drills, it's all I'm allowed to report on. But during indies, is is he moved well? Like I thought that he mm. moved smoother. I thought he looked more comfortable throwing the ball on the run, which was nice wasn't you know anything exhilarating he was throwing to a coach standing on the sidelines but like it was smooth you know it was it was it was very comfortable and I thought that was impressive you know Kenny Kenny overall yesterday looked 
just much more comfortable than any quarterback looked last year, like all three of them. And I get that that's because all three of them were walking into outside of Mason. We're walking into like a weird situation, brand new team, have no idea what's going on this year. It's just like Kenny looks Kenny looks good. He looks good. I do like the bulk. I thought last year Kenny was skinny. Like you look at Mm -hmm. you look at pictures of Kenny, especially by like week 17, week 18, like that dude's a twig. And I'm like, you're getting smoked out here by like ginormous men ginormous human beings you you got to put on some weight so i think just like you said you got to maintain it but i can tell you firsthand and you could you could tell them firsthand too it is easy to maintain weight eating the food that you ate at the steelers facility not even an issue like that's the point you want to put on weight go eat there for one week no problem put five pounds easy snag 12 cookies on your way out absolutely you'll be you'll be totally fine yeah, I've never I eaten do. better anywhere else than no. that Steelers facility. No, yesterday yeah. I ate a yogurt and a salad, and everybody was looking at me. I was like, it's like I can't, dude. If I if right. I do it one time, I'm just gonna get fat again, and I'm not allowing myself to do that. It, it's it's a long food. season. You gotta. That's you know, what I'm saying. Can't... 18 weeks of eating just amazing food built for men that are 300 pounds and bulking, not for my five eight hundred and ninety pound frame. Just not right. not the same people. For Kenny Pickett, huge. Huge, huge, exactly what he's looking for. I do expect him to keep it on. I think it's a good move for him. Um, I would like to see him run over somebody this year. That would be so fantastic to just watch mm-hmm. Kenny truck it. Just okay, there it is, Kenny truck it. Kenny, there Kenny, you go, Kenny truck it. It's the names are when you got a name like Kenny, the names are endless. Endless. Honestly, yeah. All right, the second part of the quarterbacks here is Mitch Trubisky, who talked, and I was super impressed with Mitch Trubisky talking about embracing a mentor role with Kenny. That's the reason that he came back kind of just accepting the second stage of his NFL life. Again, very impressed. Uh, let's listen to what he had to say. When did you have an idea that it was coming together? Cause I know Omar said something on the McAfee show and that, but everybody's yeah. into that. But yeah. what about your timeline? Um, it, was, it was like a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. It kind of came um, to fruition. So they've, they've been talks with my agent. Um, I love the idea. So it was just, um, they they handle the contract talks and and I and I play football so it, I'm I'm just happy to be here. Mitch, what do you love about being here? What, what is it that fits you? It's the family atmosphere. It's the teammates. It's the people. Um, it, it's just a great fit for me and my family. Um, we just love everything about it. I love Coach T, Omar, the Mr. Rooney and his family. Um, it's just a special place to be a part of. Um, we just got really close as a team last year with all these teammates, and I just felt like I want to be here for the next three years. So when they asked me to, it was an easy decision. How about your connection with Kenny? Just how did that relationship evolve for sure. over the season? What are you trying to do in your role to help him be successful? That's huge as well. I just wanted to come back because me and Kenny have gotten so close, and uh, I, just, I just want to help him in any way I can. So we got a really great quarterback room. We love having Mason back too. Um, so we're, we're going to have a lot of fun and we're, we're going to get to work. So anything I could be for Kenny, soundboard, extra coach, um, extra eyes on, on the field, uh, I'm going to be there for him. And he knows that. So I think that's also why they wanted to have me back to, to be in that role and help any way I can. So uh, I'm excited about it. That's as good as it gets for a backup quarterback. That is when we talked about this all off season, that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers were looking for. Mitch has now accepted it, which I think changes my thoughts on who I thought Mitch was coming into this. You just heard that. What are your What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, so it, it's just so strikingly different from I think a lot of what we heard last year from Mitch. Um, you know, obviously when he got benched, that was that's a rough moment for anyone, especially a guy with kind of Mitch's pedigree who had, who had yep. been a starter, who was brought in to be a starter. There was some bitterness about it, um, which you can understand and you can empathize with, but. 
he kind of never really seemed to completely move past it. Um, but it's nice to see that he has moved past it now and that he is kind of willing to be in that role. Um, that's huge. Like that's, that's what you, like you said, that's what you want in a veteran quarterback. Um, it's incredible maturity and I think incredible grace to, to kind of handle this situation with. I mean, he's getting paid pretty well to be a backup quarterback. So yeah, that helps, true, but like, true. but still, I mean, these are proud guys, you know, they, they want to play and they want to contribute on the field, but for a guy, again, with Mitch's kind of history and, and with his pedigree to say, this is my role and I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to do the best that I can at this role. Um, I think it takes a lot of humility and, um, I don't know. Like you said, that's that's an impressive thing. Yeah, it's super impressive. Like I, I looked at it just as Mitch somewhat accepting. Hey, look it. You know, I'm not going to start in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. Not right now. Maybe the opportunity presents itself again, but for this year and for next year, my best opportunity to win a Super Bowl is in Pittsburgh. And I think that that's awesome because I think that's the thing is like before the contract extension and before Mitch talked, I looked at it and said. Mitch Trubisky, if I'm Mitch Trubisky, there's no chance I'm taking less money. I'm here for the next two years or year or whatever, whatever, and then I'm out. And that's that's all I'm looking for. Now I look at him and go, this dude is ready to coach Kenny. He's ready to be an extra set of eyes. He's ready to be a practice quarterback. He's ready to, to play his part on a team. And, and I don't think that was – I think it was there last year. Like, I don't think Mitch had any hard feelings towards Kenny – or like wasn't helping him in any way. I think he was doing everything he was supposed to do because I think that's just who NFL guys are, most of them at least. But now he's, you know, he's like, this is, this is, this is my plan. This is my NFL journey. This is where I'm supposed to be. I think that's awesome because I think backup quarterbacks are very valuable, especially to younger guys. Like you hear Patrick Mahomes. I, I've I've listened to Patrick Mahomes talk about Alex Smith so many times. And this guy, like every time he talks about his early success, he talks about Alex Smith and he talks about, you know, what he was able to learn from Alex Smith. You hear Ben Roethlisberger talk about, and this is timeless. Every time he talks about his early career, he talks about Charlie Batch and Brian St. Pierre and Tommy Maddox and what these guys were able to do coaching him and kind of giving him the, just the blueprint of like, Hey, this is what you need to do. This is what I saw. This is how we correct these things. You know, Mitch has been there. Mitch took Matt Nagy to the playoffs. That's impressive. You know, that's imp there was a time where Mitch Trubisky had some upside. It didn't pan out, obviously, but he knows how to be a successful quarterback. I think him working behind Kenny, especially with Mason there as well, and Mike Sullivan. I mean, like you, you've geared up. You've done everything you can outside of fix the offensive coordinator as the Pittsburgh Steelers to say this is Kenny Pickett's best opportunity. This is the this is the best thing we could do for this guy. Now it's up to him. I think that's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is Kenny's team. I think this team is really going to go as far as he takes them. So for Mitch to kind of recognize that and say, yeah, if I want to win, this is what I have to do to contribute to winning. Um, That's, it's going to be key. And it's going to, I'm just excited to see how it actually, you know, manifests itself on the field. So the, the next uh, huge thing about, um, Mitch Trubisky, which I, I can't believe nobody else talked about yesterday. Guys rocking a visor. Okay. And oh, yeah. it looks so hard. <laughs> it looks so hard. I went up to him afterwards, uh, you know, cause he had the big scrum or whatever, Everybody faded out. And I just walked up and I was like, Mitch, there's one big question. Everybody should know here. When did you, uh, when did you decide to put the visor on? 
when was when was the visor the movie? He said it was a couple of weeks ago, and, it, and we both just like laughed. I was like, "That's the hardest thing on the football field when you're out there." Like, just so that you know, you are the hardest looking backup quarterback in the NFL. And he was yeah. liking that one. I think, dude, Mitch with the with the visor. If you're gonna be a backup quarterback, ball out. You know, flash it I mean, out. Do do your thing. I, I was gonna say, as a as a former high school backup quarterback, you have a lot of time on your hands to figure out what you're gonna wear on game day and at practice. So. Backup quarterback, huh? Steven oh, Thompson. Oh, backup way backup, way backup is is a generous. Are we term. talking it third, was, fourth string QB here? Yeah, maybe even lower than that. <laughs> Zach Gentry style quarterback here, just yeah. like if if need be, we're calling Steven down from the stands. He's gonna toss. He's gonna jump at that. Yeah. Throw a couple passes for. I, I think I completed one pass in my career, and it was on a fake punt. So hey, that's that's pretty impressive. That's one, yeah. you know. It was one went for, for a first down, man. My passer rating is through the roof. It yeah, that's what I'm saying. Roof. That's what I'm saying. There's, you know, you don't need a hundred touchdowns to make an impact. You just need one first down on a fake punt. So good for you. I didn't realize that we had the inside knowledge of a, yeah, of a former quarterback in our hands here. Huge stuff. All right, next thing I want to talk about: Dan Moore still taking reps at left tackle. He worked with the first teams yesterday. Admitted that he, uh, as of right now, is playing with the first team he will start but he also acknowledged that it's too early you know this is not a real offensive lineman competition yet meanwhile Broderick Jones was there I had it pointed out to me yesterday and it caught my attention too Pat Meyer did not leave Broderick Jones side all throughout individuals did not one time just continuously hammered this dude Broderick said after practice that all he's been doing is hammering the details like every time Pat Meyer says something it's just like hey you got to do this better hey you got to put your hands here hey you got to put your feet there working with them you know, Dan's out there. He also said he he spent some of the offseason working at right tackle just on his own, just in case the Steelers need him to play both sides. You know, you look at it, what, what are your thoughts on Dan kind of being open to that situation and also at the same time still remaining the, the left tackle one as of now? Yeah, I think that's – it was interesting for Dan to say that he was working out at right tackle too. You know, he think yeah. framed it as – if the Steelers need me to play that position, but I think it's also if Dan needs to play that position, if he needs mm-hmm. to, you know, if he wants to see the field, this is kind of what he has to do. I, I think this all kind of follows the script, right? Like we talked to, about this a little bit before, but Broderick probably wasn't going to get slotted into first team reps right away. Um, he yep. was a little bit of a raw prospect. He's really good. He's got some talent, but you know, Dan Moore didn't do anything to deserve getting pushed out of that job automatically. So, yeah, Dan, this this kind of follows the script. I still think Dan. Uh, I still think Broderick eventually becomes a starter. I think there's just too much talent to ignore. But yeah, for right now, uh, Dan's going to hold that job until he does something to lose it. I feel like, um, yeah. and you're he's not really going to do anything capable. Like he's not. No, no part of OTAs or minicamp, quite honestly, is going to show you enough where you can be like, well, Dan Moore can't handle this, you know? Yeah, 100%. A real offensive line competition doesn't start until the pads come on. You know, you can work on footwork. You can work on hand placement. You can do whatever you want. They ran seven on sevens yesterday. They didn't even run 11s. Like, And I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to run 11s today, and I don't think they're going to run 11s for the next two weeks. You know, maybe in minicamp they'll run a little bit of 11s. It's not going to be much like you're not putting offensive and defensive linemen on the field. It's just, there's no point in it. Like, what are you going to do? You're just going to, there it is. Yeah. That's all you did there. You know, like it, once pags come on, once Latrobe's here, that's a real competition. Once the preseason start, that's, that's an even bigger competition. I think Dan Moore kind of sees the writing on the wall. 
I think he understands that this guy is the 14th pick in the draft and he's a first rounder. And in the NFL, that holds way too much stock to come in here and not win the left tackle job. But at the same time, I think he also understands that Mike Tomlin's a very transparent dude and Omar Khan doesn't really care about when guys work out as long as they work out. And, you know, maybe he does have an opportunity. I think it's Dan's going to get the first shot to prove himself. Broderick's probably going to win it, but I think, I think they're going to keep Dan in there until probably the first two weeks of training camp. It's going to be a while. And then from there, they'll say, all right, Broderick's our guy. You know, we'll see what he has, and then he'll he'll take over. It'll be kind of like the quarterback competition last year where yes. it's like, you know, like it's a real competition, but really like it's, it's Mitch Trubisky. It, it'll start that way. It'll be a real competition. Everybody will split reps, so on and so forth, and then eventually it'll just be like real heavy Broderick Jones. Yeah. a little bit of Dan Moore Jr., where they'll utilize Dan Moore in other places. I agree, but I think it's it's just too early for that right now. Once you put pads on, things change. Shout out to Dan Moore for working on the right tackle. I think that was huge of him. You know, I think also like year three is when guys make a big jump in the NFL, and I think Dan Moore could make a big jump. And I think that if he impresses enough, maybe it opens competitions for both sides. I don't know. I think Chooks is a solidified name in Pittsburgh, but at the same time, you're going to keep the best guys that you have available. And maybe Dan Moore, maybe Dan Moore will prove that. But we don't know anything until the pads come on. Last thing I do want to talk about, Deontay Johnson spoke to the media yesterday and he said in the most humbly, hum, humble fashion. And I believed him when he said that, like he stopped and he was like, in the most humble way possible, these are my goals for 2023. He's looking for an all pro appearance, pro bowl selection, which would be his second of his career over a thousand catches or a thousand yards. Excuse me. He wants to be top 10 top five in the in the league anywhere around there and he believes that he's got all the skill sets to do what he thinks he's got Kenny Pickett who's able to help him do that you look at Deontay Johnson this year I mean it was a, it was a down year last year but it's really hard to have a good year with a, the quarterback play and the offensive uh the offensive coordinator play that the Steelers had a year ago obtainable goals for Deontay Johnson you think he's uh you think this is the year that this guy turns into a true-blooded superstar I don't know about superstar, but I think a lot of these goals are are pretty obtainable. The All Pro one, that's that's pretty lofty, but a thousand yards and a Pro Bowl, absolutely. Like Deontay is absolutely good enough to do that stuff. Uh, I, I felt like a lot of what held him back last year was not, oh, this guy like is not capable of being a starting wide receiver in the NFL. It's yeah. that he was, I don't know, just not finishing plays. I guess you know, yeah, like not there finishing were, plays had a really rough mental. quarterback situation. Yeah, there were little mental errors too. Like I get it, the quarterback play was bad, but I was not a fan of Deontay last year, and yeah, I thought there was a lot of room for for improvement. But there's like there were really fine lines, I think, between him looking a lot better than he than he did last year and looking the way he did. Like if he if he hauls in like one or two or even three of those like wide open touchdowns that he yep that he dropped. had like in his hands. At, at, yeah, at certain points last year, like we're talking about this guy in a completely different fashion. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't think this is a or too too lofty of goals for for a guy like Deontay Johnson. There's there's a lot of talent there, and and I think he should take a step forward with some improved quarterback play, and then just also if he like cleans up some of the the silly stuff that he did last year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You, it, if this is it, like this is year five. This is the the ball out year. You want to solidify yourself as one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. This is how you're going to do it. 
You want to win over the fans. This is how you're going to do it. I think the biggest thing for Deontay Johnson is to just not try to do too much this season. Yeah. Like just, you know, have all these goals. Awesome. If the offense flows beautifully and it has all the pieces to flow beautifully outside of an offensive coordinator, you'll get your touches. You know, you'll get your receptions. You are the most open wide receiver in football. Statistically, you'll get you'll get your chances like it'll all come. It's at that point. It's just about making the most of it. I think that was the biggest thing, like towards the end of Ben's career. It was just like it was constant. Just Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson. And, and it, it was it was really nice to see. It was cool. But you never got to see Deontay like take that next step because you looked at it and just said he's the only one that a defense has to worry about. You know, like he could only run five yard outs because, you know, he's not a deep threat and they're always going to double team him after he goes five yards out. Like that's just what's going to happen this year. You can't you can't even think about double teaming anybody in Pittsburgh. You can't you can't yeah. because if you double team George Pickens, Deontay Johnson's open. If you double team Deontay Johnson, you're an idiot because George Pickens is going to be open. Oh, you're trying to double team them both. Allen Robinson's going to be open. Oh, forgot about Calvin Austin. What about Pat Fryermuth? Six, seven, Darnell Washington. Jalen Warren could catch footballs out of the bathroom or out of the bathroom, out of the backfield. <laughs> Connor Hayward. We don't even know what he's going to do or what position he's going to play, but he could catch footballs. You know, Zach Gentry, possibly Anthony McFarland. Like, there's so many weapons here that the Steelers have that as long as Kenny clicks and as long as this offensive game plan is good. You'll get, I think, I think George and Deontay and maybe even Allen Robinson all have shots at thousand yard seasons, all have shots at five plus touchdowns. Like just the, the opportunities are endless. And I think that's, I think as it goes on, the biggest thing here is like, those are good goals to have. And, and I respect the hell out of Deontay for having those goals. But at the same time, like, I think if the season ended and he said, and he looked at the, the stat chart and he was at a thousand yards, George was at a thousand yards and like, Pat Fryermuth was at like 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. He'd be like, that was, that was exactly what I wanted to happen. Like that is yeah. as good as it gets for this offense, because that's, you know, that's the weapons. there are crazy that it's like, I don't know, maybe you're not going to make all pro, but like you, you guys could have a really, really good season. Right. Like, and it's, it's, there'll be certain things that like, if Deontay does them, if the team does certain things, you'll be yeah. able to say Deontay had a great season without, you know, making a pro bowl or an all pro team. Yes. Yes, yes. You got to cut down on the drops. Can't be doing the drops. This is the year the, the drops got to end. In my opinion, yeah. like, you know, you have two, three drops this season. Totally fine. It happens to everybody. You have 10 drops or a drop in a big moment. You drop any touchdowns at all. Yeah. You you know, you're just not going to overcome it. Like, this is the year where it's like you, people have slapped a label on you. If you could beat it, this is the year you're going to beat it. If you don't beat it this year, that's your label. Like, that's... Yeah. You know, Steelers fans are never going to like you enough because you're just not you're not reliable enough. And, and that's, you know, it's a big it's a big year for Deontay Johnson, like a Absolutely. super, super big year for Deontay Johnson. But at the same time, like, I think that Deontay Johnson is the best pit, wide receiver in Pittsburgh. I think he's one of the best wide receivers in football, like, you know, lower half of the top 15, but still, in my opinion, in the top 15 and has the ability to get to get better. Like, I don't think last year helped at all both ways his play and the quarterback play but if things click like this is the best this is the best team Deontay Johnson's ever been on this is possibly the best quarterback that Deontay Johnson's ever played with because Ben you know Ben two years before he retired was was unstoppable like like it was a, that was a great quarterback that was the mm -hmm. 11 and 0 year I believe maybe it was oh two yeah years. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah like that was that was that was ridiculous that offense was 
just crazy. And the defense was even better. Last Ben's last year, that was it was yeah, like the, it was not good. It was a terrible, it was a terrible offense. It was an absolutely atrocious offense. And then last year he had to deal with all the stuff that happened in in route to the nine and eight finish and Kenny Pickett and so on and so forth. So the last two years have not been favorable for Deontay Johnson. So you come in here, you know, the the opportunity has certainly presented itself well. Absolutely. Yeah. Big year. Um, and it's I think he's not that far away from from realizing all this potential that he has. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. All right. With that, we're heading out of here. I'm heading to day two of Steelers OTAs. We'll be back with plenty of updates. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Please make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast and follow all of mine and Steven's work at AllSteelers.com and our pit coverage at Inside the Panthers. I will be back on Friday with somebody because Derek's in <laughs> Disney with his daughter. So I'm still trying to figure that one out, but we will, I'll be back on Friday. Plenty of updates from OTAs. Make sure to check everything out at allsteelers.com. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace. 